You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. I want to grab just a couple of minutes before we start today's podcast and let you know about a new membership community that's opening up. It's called The Sandbox. Now, The Sandbox was explicitly designed so that folks like you, who have big dreams and goals, who are working on busting through limiting labels and beliefs, who are overcoming challenges, have a place to come, A, to be encouraged, to get tips and tools, to meet other people and share ideas, and just relax. So as a member, you're going to have exclusive access to an extensive library of training, tools, and resources that have been meticulously crafted over the years. But that's not all. You are actually in the driver's seat, so you can help shape the direction of the content and the sandbox. So what's actually in the sandbox? Well, there will be expert sessions that will be tailored to your needs with a focus on the questions that come from our community. There are group learning sessions, live trainings, Q&A sessions, and we will be sharing inspiring membership success stories. You will have an opportunity to learn and grow alongside fellow Sandbox community members. If you need guidance or support, our online forum is going to be the perfect space to engage with other members, ask questions, find motivation, and share your success with the Sandbox community. We are committed to your success, and that's why we're offering monthly challenges and support check-ins, ensuring you're always on track. So click the link below and put your name either on the waiting list or sign up today for the Sandbox community, and we'll see you there where the dreams will be unleashed and you'll start making rapid progress. Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Welcome back. I'm Sarah Box, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, where we are on a mission to help individuals, teams, and organizations, especially nonprofits, to think outside the box, move beyond limiting labels and beliefs, and create profound impact in the lives of those they serve. And you know, we do this by sharing accomplished and inspiring guests with you every week on this show. And usually those folks have overcome their own challenges and limiting labels or beliefs to pursue and accomplish personal and professional goals. So today's guest is inspiring. I've met him through a recommended connection, which, you know, usually those go well. I've had a few that haven't gone so well. I've learned from everyone. But when today's guest and I hopped on a call, I felt an instant connection to him from the sincerity with which he spoke. He's funny. He's super smart. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Dr. Brandon Harris is a researcher, educator, and diversity and equity and inclusion professional. And he's all about achieving success through culturally competent team building strategies backed by his research and educational expertise. He's an award-winning academic known for promoting diversity and inclusivity on various campuses and corporate spaces, including in the nonprofit sector. So he's a perfect guest for us here because he can speak to everybody. Um, but what really truly sets him apart is he has this passion 
for showing how research methods can be life-changing and empowering, especially un empowering underrepresented students and faculty in higher education and business turn their, to turn their passions into their paycheck, which I love because it's always nice when we can do our passion and get compensated for it. But today, Brandon and I are going to talk about a few things. Um, I want to talk about research as a resource, because oftentimes people don't think of it as a resource. Or if you're like me and you like to do research, but you're not really sure the best way to package it, it can start getting overwhelming. But also, I want to talk about the danger of chasing a carrot, because when funding and support are tied to certain outcomes that aren't aligned with you, there's a danger in it. And Brandon has seen that firsthand. He also is really sharp and smart about storytelling, and he calls it storytelling forward and backwards. He likes to build a story from anecdotes or data or both, and then how to back up the story with impact. And he has learned a lot about working in nonprofits, especially in short-lived grant-funded, grant-dependent programs, and what happens when they end and we have broken promises or disheartened relationships right when you're gaining traction. So anyway, there's that and other things we'll talk about, but I know from my initial chat with Brandon, we may go somewhere entirely different. So <laughs> let me formally welcome you to the podcast, Brandon Harris. Thank you for that warm and wonderful. Welcome, Sarah. That was so great. I feel so great. And you just have that ability. And I am honored to be here with you and your listeners today. Sweet. Well, I have a bunch of questions, but I'm just going to start slow. So um, one thing that you noted and you shared with me before we went on, which is brand new to me, is you have this word that you use that really piqued my interest. And I'm going to try to enunciate it so people don't go, what did she say? But you say that you identify flame fanners. So flame fanners. Flame fanners. It is <laughs> so share with us, what is that and what do you mean by that? All right. So uh, I, I, uh, you know, you, some people have this spark. Right. And then what happens is we get in our own way with bringing up things that didn't work for us in the past or, oh, that's not that idea is not going to work. And so we put out our own spark before it even turns into a flame. Right. From, uh, you know, but some or sometimes we can move past our limiting beliefs about ourselves. And then we 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 create this baby flame of whatever idea or whatever venture uh, that we want to do for um, but then we get around the wrong people and they don't fan your flame they could be people that are um, projecting their own beliefs about themselves onto you well you come from this family and we're this come from the same place so that's not going to work for you or or well I'm I'm happy that you made it this far and I'll help you out but you can't be better than me so you get those, it, it comes in so many different unfortunate um, shapes and forms. But when you find the right fan flamers, you're going to grow, 
you're gonna uh, be a force that people can't ignore because it's gonna you're hot. It's gonna be hot in here, and then, and then so you gotta get you around the fan flamers. Go uh, that connects to this uh, this this um, thing that I say. Go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Ooh, I like it. I <laughs> like it. I know someone. I was talking to someone the other day, and they said something. But it was like, it was so contrary to who I am. And I, and so I didn't take it personal, but I turned around and said, well, clearly you're not talking to my fans because you'll never hear that about me from them, right? It's like, I'm not, I'm not whatever that was. But it, I just thought, you know me. Yep. They were not a, a flame fanner. Nope. I think they came to douse it a bit. So yeah. Down on the dousers. And then it's, and then it, and it's a plan work because it's like your fans, right? Or fun, you know who your who's your fan, your group of people. They're the fanners. They're the, they're they fan, the your flames. So well, you know, they can I, be I, unexpected folks, right? Not the folks who go. Oh, I, I guess all I could bet I could guess who's Brandon's fan, flame fanners, right? Yeah, yeah. But I would I could be wrong, right? Because they come from all different places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They come. It doesn't have to. You know, sometimes we want it to be the people that we uh, we value the longevity. Oh, I knew this person since December. Oh, I knew this person, and 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 then that longevity. Um, sometimes this can be someone that you just met through a connection. You know, on a on a Zoom, and that 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 you needed that that uh, to really really fan your flame and keep going. Right. So yeah, I, I agree. I love it. Well, I'm going to steal the concept. I'll give you credit. Go for it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you credit for it. I'll say my my good friend, Brandon, who now I'm claiming as family. Yeah, yep, yep. Said I could use this. You go, yep. I love it. I love it. Can it's hard. It. Like fan flamer. You say that a bunch of times. It's not easy. So folks, <laughs> listen, just try and say it now. Fan flamer. You can yeah. get caught up in it. it okay. It. So one other funny thing that you shared was that you attended your doctoral commencement, right? But you were already a doctoral level faculty member yes. at the time. So you were like in this quandary, do I do I show up as a student or as faculty? But you yeah. never said what you chose. What happened? Um, I end up I couldn't sit with the uh I I, I I wanted to so this is a sticky one because you know you go through your program and your cohort with your with your people the people that you had to uh, drive through traffic to get to class and night classes you go to dinner with on the on the dinner break and you can't just like go and sit with the faculty at the end of all that I'm you know and the those, I had to go with my true fan flamers right. And uh, my fan, my flame fanner. See, you know what I mean? uh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I, I end up, uh, I end up, I definitely, you know, sharing those uh seats and 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 rubbing those 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 shoulders with with my with my with my uh, students and classmates and colleagues that um that I connected with through through all that hard work. Um, but yeah, because of the pandemic, we could not, we didn't have a, a, a commencement, a traditional one. And so when I got hired, uh, to teach, um, in the, in the, in the, in the fall, we were invited to everybody, class of the next, the next year, everyone 
they combined their graduations. And, but I was already a, a doctoral level uh, professor teaching at a doctoral level. And so it was just kind of uh, interesting. But I got hooded by my mentor, Dr. King Joe Curry, and, and that was a good, a good moment to, to have. That's, so. <laughs> That's funny. It's like when you're older, like you're, you know, they have when you have big families, they have the little kids table for holidays and then the big people's table, right? So, <laughs> but you've now grown up, you're older. So you're old enough to be, but it's like, yeah, but all your siblings, it's like, it's oh, fun no. over there. <laughs> it's not awkward over there. I don't have to be like, so hi, what's going on for the fall? And yes, I'll get that data to you. Like I can just go to the, where I'm, where I was more comfortable and, and say funny stuff. And they, and, and, and it's like, oh, you got that joke. Okay, cool. Because those. So, <laughs> what have you always been a research kind of guy? What? What led you to where you are today? Um, so I was, um, I was, I would say I was always that the, um, the person that was had all that ex, the, the the Jeopardy information for no reason. Just you just got some. That's good to know, but Brandon, what are we doing with that? Like, why do you know that type of guy? And so I would be the friend in the friend group that would be correcting people and, and stuff and they would just look at me like stop stop just we're just trying to have fun you totally went all academic on a and this was like in middle school i remember one time correcting my older cousin uh <laughs> because she was um we were talking about cleaning your ears and i was like you know actually naturally we we create uh we secrete the liquids that protect our eardrum so you don't want to clean it too much and then they're like that's nonsense You're, that's just nasty you need to go clean your ear <laughs> so it'll be stuff like that where i was always into information but uh i had to wheel it back because uh i started to become annoying and i didn't want to be <laughs> that guy I yeah i don't want to be like no don't call him he's about to bring all the he's gonna break break out all this useless information so um I, I just that's what just popped in my head when you asked me the question since like middle school I would always uh and so I tried to avoid being the know-it-all and then I developed this coping mechanism personality where I would just kind of like be a chameleon and that would became damaging because um someone that was always around me would notice that you start to, you start to shift around certain groups. I don't like that, Brandon. Like you need to be, be anchored in one why and, and, and then, and then, and then, you know, relate to people, but don't, don't turn into like mystique from X-Men and like, and, and, and it's, or don't shrink yourself for people or don't do that. So it it um because I wanted to be likable or be uh you know easy going don't don't make too many ripples I grew up um where you know I needed to do that it was like a survival thing kind of right and uh -huh. and and then as I grew and as I developed as a, as a young adult and as a the the adult that you know what you see is what you get now I realized that um it's good to, to be anchored and 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 then some core morals and core values. And you know what? Some people are not your people and that's okay. 
You know, that would be such a great message to get when we were kids, right? Some people are not your people. It's almost that thing like we're supposed to be in any group, be okay. I mean, you can function in them. I'm not saying avoid groups. I'm just saying that you can go, you can talk with people, you can enjoy their time, and you can leave. And you don't have to make them like you, right? Because what you were talking about, that whole like dimming your own light, just so that you wouldn't cause ripples, you wouldn't make other people feel stupid, right? You clearly have a lot of information. Some people take that like, what are you trying to show me up? It's like, yeah. oh, I'm just wanting you not to be ignorant. I just don't want you to like rupture your, or I don't want you to do, you know, um, because this, so yeah. And, 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 and now it's, it's comfort in just, in just being someone that, uh, you, 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 you own who, who you are and, Going so back to your, you know, going where you're. That you're story, though, there are were some limiting beliefs on your part, right? Like, if you are who you are, there's going to be trouble, right? Yeah. You'll have, you'll create tension, whatever the yeah. message was for you. So, but what did you friends. do to start challenging that? How did you uh, get to where you are today? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. So, um, what what I did was I decided to um. Focus on because no one's perfect, and you know I'm not. You know there's 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 certain areas that are strengths and weaknesses. I decided to focus on the perfect parts of my past, the perfect parts of me, to inspire my drive towards my future perfection. And so I decided to just magnify and put a magnifying glass on the things that work for me rather than the things that um that i needed to um that i needed to work on now i know that can sound like like some listeners like i disagree with that you need to work on the on those weaknesses right you don't just go to the gym and only work up on upper body and then you're like you know done uh, like a cartoon character at the bottom, right? That's that's not equilibrium. So you need to there there is a balance that needs to happen. Uh but but oftentimes we need to work with what what um what we know so that that can give us the inspiration to go and keep moving forward. And then okay, do leg day, maybe uh <laughs> then later on that, that so that's what I would do metaphorically. I would do what I was what came natural to me, um, which I love art and I love uh, music. And so I, rem I remember in, uh, during, in grad, in, this was in high school, I, re I would record my, uh, the, the answers to my, to the test. I would study like that. I would record them, you know, how some, some people would use note cards or that might be a method. Um, but I would record the, the answers and then I would, do it in a rhythm. So basically I was, I was making songs and I would rhyme everything. I would rhyme the things that I, cause I would, that's, that's what came natural to me. My grandmother said, you know, if you learned, if you learned your, all your spelling words, like you do all these songs that you're singing in the backseat, you probably, you'd be better in life. And I know it was like a kind of a joke, but then it was, it was like an aha moment. I was like, wait, I can make music out of what I need to learn. And so literally that's what I, what I did. And I went from like a C student, you know, playing around, uh, to like A, B, getting into college. Got, I, I did, I did that same technique in grad school and I got like a high pass in my written comps. 
And yeah, so I just use what what worked for for me, and I think that's I think that's what I um, I tap into that in my messaging. You know, your learning style, and so uh, some people are kinetic, some people are um, audible, and, and and for me, it's rhythm, and so. I just learned through, through that type of pattern and and I it, it, you become unstoppable when you tap into what comes easy to you. I always tell people whatever whatever comes effortless to you find somebody to pay for it because that is what you're going to be that's what the universe gave you um as an as an abundance. And so if you can't stop doing it get paid for it. <laughs> Well, I knew that I wasn't going to become a rapper. I wasn't going to become a, a, I wasn't going to win any Grammys or anything. Uh, I tried, but that's another podcast. But um, I knew that, that, that if I can combine what I love in the arts with the academic side of things, I would niche myself and be this fun, loving, energetic, captivated educator and researcher that uh, can inspire someone else. And so, that is the that's how I got to where I am today. Just just embracing not being a cookie cutter about how to do it traditionally, but taking what what I what I love and making it work for what I need to do. Yeah, I love that. Well, it's so freeing when you're just being you, but you you take advantage of how being you can help yourself and others. And, you know, it's so funny. How do we teach kids their ABCs? We sing them. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm going, and then they I, say yeah, it gets imprinted in your head. And then they think one of uh, these three letters are are, are are a group of letters are one letter elemental, <laughs> elemental P. Like no, no, you can't say it's not L. It's not Elmo. It's L. It's L M N O. So I know you have to go in. A whole other thing. You have to go in and, and and unpackage that part. But it but works. They got the sound. That's yeah. the start. Elemental P. <laughs> Elemental P. Okay, so I know the listeners are going, what does this have to do with yeah. data okay. and research? Okay, <laughs> it does. It really does. Partly because for me, when I when I was leading a nonprofit, people were, what's the backup? What's the data? I could tell you stories all day long about stories about people's lives we were impacting. But the data piece, some of it was squishy. And I, for me, I just thought it's not worth my time. It was worth my time. I just, it wasn't easy for me. And I wished I'd known you then because I would have said, here's, a, here's our stuff, help us, right? Um, but let's switch gears and talk about how you think about research as a resource. And you know, you talk about this gripping the common thread of success through research. Yes. So what does that mean? And then, how can how do you see research playing a role in our work? And when I say our work, let's specifically keep it in the nonprofit sector because I think it plays a vital role in all of our work. But for sure, let's let's stay with that sector for now. All right. So, so um, gripping the common thread is um, when that common thread within any goal that uh, that you have, it's um, it all boils down to problem solving. When it comes to research and specifically speaking to nonprofits, uh, a lot of time our work in nonprofits, it is connected to identifying, you know, unmet needs and issues and problems and uh, applying the appropriate approach towards 
solving that or providing that or, or, or creating awareness to the people that are holding tight to their to their pocketbooks, right? And so, um, and the common thread of success is is um, that step that identifying the problem, um, identifying the solution, the proposed solution, and then implementing that. But um, what all whatever whatever you're doing with the, the the common thread in that is research. Information is key. You you know you have to shine a light on the subject matter, and you have to really really immerse yourself in um, the information because that information is going to inform your approach towards that problem. So that's what I uh, that's what I what I generally mean by that common thread, and I you and I really believe that research can be applied to to solve any issue, whether it's personal, professional. Um, you 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 have to do the digging. You can't do the surface level. I really connected to critical thinking as well in this new fast food information age, where we can get things on a fly on our phone with a quick Google search. Um, there's a lot of things that are not credible, not valid. It's being sold to us because of um, you know, the whoever is providing the information. Why are what's their why? You know, who's who's funding this research and why are they choosing to fund it and how does it come back to them? You know, it, it's 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 all that deep digging that uh, we have to that I feel research is, is can can help us out professionally, personally, and it allows us to dig deeper, uh, especially today in today's age of everything being so. Uh, like I said, yeah. <laughs> so immediate. Well, and we take it as gospel. It's like, you know, OK, this must be true because I've seen it 25 times when, in fact, you've seen the same thing shared under different things 25 times and it still may not be accurate. So um, I love that you brought up critical thinking because I, I do think that skill, the willingness to use critical thinking, right, instead of just looking for things that support our point of view. Confirmation bias, right? Yeah, I hey, I get it. There's sometimes when I'm trying to make a point, that's all I want. So I can go back and say, hey, listen, really, this is why I want to go to that restaurant. Right? All I want is all the positive reviews. So, yes. But I don't recommend it as a way to run a business or change a community. So um, let's get more specific, okay? Let's. Can you think, and I know you can because you've done a lot of work in this area, but let's pick a specific example about someone you've been working with or been helping, or maybe one of your doctoral students have, where they're trying to solve a problem, but some of the critical thinking, some of the questions they had to ask, um, and then how that kind of lined up so that as they went through, whether they were developing a solution, they could see what would be the important inflection points throughout, like how will I know I'm gonna make a turn or am I just doing activity? Okay, so, I, what I would what I would do usually is provide guidance and helping helping them reflect on their the problem that they're trying to solve uh, the purpose what immediate need does it meet and what long term need need does it does it meet as well um, because sometimes or we do things because it's a passion project, but it 
and that's and that and that's great because it, it fuels us. It helps us get out of the bed. Um, but how can it help other people? And 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 that's when when you're when you're able to help more people with the research, more people will support you in conducting that research. Uh, more people will support you in solving that problem. And so I implement various reflective checkpoints in, 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 a, in a student's research and um, in, a, in a team member's uh, research where, where they're working with uh, nonprofits and we're going to assess departments and their department culture to see if they're supportive to their staff, right? And so um, that's what it boils down to is, is, is have those reflective checkpoints in, in, the, in the timeline towards you solving your goal so that you have you can self-check and say, okay, this still aligns to our vision, our mission. This still is going to solve an immediate and uh, long-term need. Uh, this still is going to help people um, in, in, in these ways, right? Because sometimes with all that data and all that research, we can go down a rabbit hole and we can just get lost and we can find ourselves Alice in Wonderland but, uh, without poking our, if we don't poke our heads up and, and realign ourselves and have those reflective moments. And so uh, I definitely recommend that um, in the nonprofit sector, right? Uh, because so much information is out there and we get attracted to it. But if, 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 if it doesn't come back to, you know, those core things, we can, we people are going to poke holes in what we do there. We're going to say, oh, you, you have you have holes in, in, in this. You, 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 you chose to ignore this group. Thanks for doing this, but you just left out this population, you know. So what is the goal? Are we being inclusive? Are we being diverse? Oh, um, or are we focusing on a specific demographic at this time with promise that we're going to take our research and, 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 and help other groups, you know, after this research, you know, cause you can't solve, you can't save the world in one project, but our, you it's know, so what, <laughs> it's too big of a bucket. To yeah. So yeah. I don't think you can beta test a big, big bucket. You've got to go with smaller cupfuls, if you will. Right. Does it work with this group? Does it, and even if it works with this group, does it work with this group in this location, right? So I'm in the middle yeah. of a big urban area and it's working great. But if I go rural, rural. So the wheels fall off, right? So there's all this testing that comes. So Brandon, do you help people think long-term like that? Because I, I know sometimes people want quick results, right? But what we're trying to solve are long-term problems. Yeah. And so with critical thinking, I come to think about, okay, that whole concept of leading and lagging indicators, right? Are any, is anybody better off, right? In the short term, did people get a job or whatever my oh. goal is, right? But do eight months, 10 months, 12 months later, do they still have the job? Nice. But where are they 10 years later? How are they doing, right? This longer term thing. So, so what do we do with that? That's, that's, that's totally great. And that's, Definitely something that's on my radar when I'm when I'm helping individuals. So uh, tying um, tying this back to helping people make their passions their paycheck. When I was doing working with the North Valley Work Source Center um, with individuals who needed professional development, they needed to revamp their resume and their cover letter, 
so that they're more attractive to hiring managers. Um, the first thing I did um, was once they told me what they wanted to do was have them with, with, with them go on a website that forecasted their industry for the next 10 years. So it was a credible website that, uh, you know, uh, informed by research that compiled data that let us know if their industry is going to be on the incline or the decline in the next 10 years. Now, sometimes that information was disheartening for uh, the participants in that uh, program. They were like, oh, man, well, I've been doing this whole thing most of my this is where my most of my experience lies. you're going to tell me that research says that it's not going to be lucrative later on and i'm just like no don't get mad at don't get mad at me i i just i'm just trying to give you i'm from the future ish <laughs> i'm giving you this foresight so that you can take what you have as skills now and maybe make them transferable this is where the, these are the industries that are on the rise for the next 15 20 years so you can still do what you're doing now but i but don't get mad at me when you know that i just gave you data you know as a researcher telling you that it's going to this is what's going to be on the incline and this these are the industries are going to be on the decline and so you need to make your skills transferable for the incline or else you're going to end up like how i could have ended up working at a print shop doing cmyk uh in a, in a in a in a time period where everything was going digital you know and and so i had to pivot back when i was doing graphic design so um yes i definitely keep let uh, keep that in mind and i give people information on uh, you know credible valid um you know trustworthy data letting them know that hey this is the longevity of what you're trying to do maybe let's let's uh let's work your resume and work your cover letter and, uh, and, and target some industries that are going to um, be on that inc that increase that incline and let's like let me morph your your resume so now that you look more attractive to, to them versus an industry that is slowly declining you know i'm going to take that example which was very concrete and i'm going to make it i'm going to do a I'm going to make up a story, I, and it may not work. So if it doesn't work, you can just say, Sarah, you can't do apples to grapefruit here. <laughs> but I'm so take that story, though. You're showing someone where there's some a likelihood of change, right, or a likelihood of success. What they're wanting is like a lucrative career that's not just going to the rug's not coming out from under them right away. So that's their goal um, and their objective, even though they're not liking the information right now, you're preparing them. So say I'm an organization and I have been doing for the past 10 years a particular program or project to solve a problem. And I meet with you, I'm assuming I could meet with you and say, hey, I'm wanting to know, A, are we doing the right thing? Like given the trends and the environment, the social trends, the financials, all of those trends, right? What is the likelihood that the trajectory we are on now is going to be relevant five years from now or what should i be thinking about now so that by the time we get there we're already positioned to help our folks that we're helping better 
right? Like we don't want to just keep churning out the same stuff if it's not going to serve them for that future state. So is that a fair question? To I mean, like, how would you help me think about that were I an organization that came to you, Brandon? Yes, yeah. So um, if, when I'm consulting with um, large scale organizations that are that are taking a macro uh, approach, you know, the, the micro individual coaching stuff and then the, do the uh, large scale data, you know, consulting with, with data, um, those are some of the some of the common questions that 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 come up so that you can forecast accordingly. And so um, when given a when given a question like that, what are what are we doing? Is this going to work later on? And is this going to uh, help help more people? Um, it's good to 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 understand the factors such as politics in that area. Uh, you know the, the, that geographic location. Um, what are the plans of the you know the local local government local city local councils what are what are what are what are what are the um social so uh, societal plans or social plans um gathering all that keeping all that in, in mind and letting that inform what your uh, the, the 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 what are the what are the people that are you going to help what are they going? What are the, what are their goals and what their goals are? So it, it it it's a it's a bunch of goal matching. You know the people that you're serving. What are their goals? Put that in a, in a cup. They where they're going to live or where they want to go with their with their gifts and what they're with their when they achieve that goal. Where uh, what is what? How does the how does the local government uh, uh support that or support them? You know, there's those those are those variables are those uh, factors to consider as well. Uh, similar to the to the one on one coaching that I do, where I just simply take them to a website and show them, you know, these are the industries that are on the incline. Uh, the same same thing goes at a macro level with a large scale company. These are the these are the companies. These are the these are the people. And what are they paying attention to? They may be paying attention to more. Um, how AI is impacting the our, the norms of our day to day, right? And so, take a week to maybe focus on that. What are the projections when it comes to uh, AI? How is that going to impact you as a person that helps other people solve needs and and through your nonprofit, right? Um, gather that information and make some shifts, make some morphs, and make sure that you are a future proof. When it comes to let's specifically look at um, AI, right? Make sure that you're future proof when it comes to to how that new and current resource, should I say, AI? Some people don't like to call it a resource. Some people are afraid of it. It's a resource, like it or lump it. It's it's a tool. <laughs> yeah, a tool. What yeah. do you think about it? Is your opinion? That's fine. Yeah. but it it exists and it's a tool. Yeah, yeah. So that tool, and, and like and like other tools, and like other um, things that make our lives easier, how we, how can we use that, right? So I think that's one of the like hot topic um, factors in, that comes into play today. 
how we're going to use that tool. And so I would I would coach them and 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 consult uh, in an area where they're considering that and that help them answer the the questions. Are we doing these this stuff the right way? Are we going to solve uh, better problems in the future, considering those uh, those those norms and realities? That's super helpful. Also, I think when you do that, it makes me. It's almost like it's a tiered level of questioning, right? So how's the, how does our I'm saying our being the organization. What's our environment going to be like? So are we even going to be functioning in the way we are, right? Are we going to be able to work the way we do, or will we have, you know, that's what I mean. Think about the pandemic. You know, one month people, you know, are operating one way, and then on a dime, everything shifts, right? So we didn't have a long lead time to say what will work look like. It's like get it figured out. We've got work to do, right? Um, and I got to say, the nonprofits pivoted really fast, and some of them suffered from it because they just, you know, basically they cranked out hours and hours and hours because they didn't want to let people down. We didn't foresee that quest, that coming, or if we saw it, we didn't pay attention. Like that, just positive thinking is like, oh well, when's the last time a pandemic came through? Well, 1918. No, we're good. We'll take our chances, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not being glib about it, but. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of strategic planning. I honestly have to say, I don't think we ever consider what happens if the whole economy shuts down. Now, I do think it's something to think about. Also, recently, it's like what happens when wildfires don't let you help the people you're there to serve, right? So we're you and I are both on the West Coast right now. Both of those are yeah. realities. So, yeah. um, at any rate, I'm wondering also though with that thinking. I'm pretending, okay, I am the executive director or I'm responsible for something in a nonprofit. Those are big questions. And they're not like so big I can't think about them, but they're not questions you think about in a vacuum, right? You need to get information, but you also need to have conversations with people to help make meaning out of it, right? Because you and I could look at the same data and I could say, well, I think it means this, and you can say, well, but here would be the impact over here because we come from different points of view. So how can a group do that? I know, and when it comes to planning and data, people go, I just want to get, I want to make decisions. I don't want to get into it, right? But I'm saying you really need to think about what does this mean to you all? So, but how can you help us slow down and take the time to consider both the short and long-term consequences of our decisions based on data? And when does data not apply. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, so one of the things that I love in, in, in data is is um, identifying trends. So when we look at either pandemics or or geographic um, disasters such as wildfires, um, if you if you take a if you zoom out far enough, you start to um, you can see different different trends, and so. You can you can almost you can almost uh, studies show um, when it comes to something like uh, natural disasters they look they they they, they seem to land on a uh, every ten year uh, mark. Now listeners go go you can do a fact check on that and and just do, do try your own zoom out try you know and, and and go on you can go simply on Google Scholar if you don't have access to a uh, a uh, University database, but for the most part, everything has an ebb and a flow, right? And so 
what that tells you is, hmm, I think I need to, to get ready for, I don't want to be the, 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 the grasshopper playing around all summer, right? I'm going to use that metaphor when, when I know winter's coming because I can see trends now. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to zoom out, look at this from a macro perspective. Um, how often problems occur, um, right? And so, so I wanted to speak to that. Uh, when it comes to making the data um, matter to 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 to, to people, because we can, like you like you just said, Sarah, um, we can look at the same data set and the same percentages, but based on our socialization and our perspectives and our you know, feelings, we can interpret that information differently. So I, I like to just make sure that the data is representative, make sure people see themselves in the data, uh, whether they come from a low, slow, you know, lower, middle, upper socioeconomic status, whether other social factors impacted them, like, um, you know, political preference, sexual preference, um, you know, all of that stuff is, those, the, the, the data should connect to the people because people, if they, people don't see themselves in it or see how it matters to them, it's like a selfie that they, that they're not in. They don't care about the picture. We don't care. I don't care. You know, you know, right? Like, but if, but if you happen, if you think you're in the picture, you're like, can I see that? Oh, I like that. Can you put a filter on my best side. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same thing with, with research. If, if people, people don't, if they don't, if they're not represented in it, or if you don't make it matter to them, or they don't, uh, you know, well, what about the, what about us? What about the people over here? So you got to make it about them so they can tune in. Um, and then when does it, the data doesn't matter? Is that the last one that? Yeah. Said? When do, yeah. When does decision making and all that stuff? It's like data is. Well, see, I'm gonna. If I ask you my question fully, I'm telling you what I, my thought is. So, is there a point at which we can have too much data? Yeah, because you get you. What happens with too much data? You um, the the capacity of 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 our capacity. Some people have a larger bandwidth, and some people run on you know big big cables, and other people are like, you know, I need a break. Anybody hungry? <laughs> so. So what what can happen with too much data, you get an analysis paralysis, and then you're like, all right, that was my data. I, I just went data grocery shopping today. I'm gonna I'm so tired, I'm cooking tomorrow. Like I'm not I can't do anything with all this data because I'm overwhelmed. And um so people are drained from all of the information. It's like information overload. You got this big old like uh faucet. That's just showering over somebody like, <laughs> like, what am I, what can I, what can I do? How can I get out of here is what I'm thinking. It's like, oh. all right, I'm, I'm toast. I got to go. Yeah. 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 Holding, holding a little, um, marathon water cup. Like I just needed a little, I just needed a sip. Just a little. <laughs> so, you know, you, then you get analysis paralysis. Uh, so yeah, I really do feel like in today's age of information, information, just, um, Taking a step back and, uh, and 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 applying the craft test to to what all, everything that you're getting now the craft what test is that <laughs> the craft test sounds funny right um uh, uh I teach this um 
in in in, in, a, in most of my or in most of my research methods classes at, at, from teaching at USC, the um, Rossier School of Education, to Fullerton, and even at um, you know Northridge is it's an acronym. It stands for you if you get if you ever get too much information. Apply this to the crap test. It's an acronym for is it credible? Is it reliable? Is it accurate? Right? Is the it's two A's in it. The next one is a, a, the uh, the authority. Where is it? Who authorized this? Where does it come from? Um, and then the P for uh oh, believe it is the 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 period. Is it periodical? Is it is it recent? Is it um. What, what time oh, is it regularly updated, right? Or am yeah, I looking yeah. back at 50 years ago? Is it, is it, uh, yeah, is it a outdated? problem for today? Exactly. Is it, is it, is it too outdated? Is it, is it because of the time it was published? Is it now no longer applicable to what our norm is today? Right. And, um, and I always let people know, but don't shy away from the outdated stuff because sometimes history repeats itself. Right. So, okay. yeah. Often. And well, so, when you're uh, saying you zoom out and look at trends, right? Decade trend, all that stuff. If we're not going back, back, all we're thinking is recent history. It's like we could be missing an important point. Yes, yes. So, so just to put the crap test on stuff, and I feel like you know that can be used in nonprofits uh, scene. It doesn't have to just live in inside of academia. Uh, but you know, it's so much crap out there that you got to put a apply the crap. Like test. it. It's <laughs> memorable. Very mm -hmm. memorable, Brandon. Okay, so I just want to, as we're coming into the home, the ending stretch of our interview, I do want to get more precise. So, you know, I think about working with nonprofits who are specifically trying to tell their story, right? They go for grants, they go for funding, they, you know, we're coming up right now, we're recording this in the summer, but before long, we'll be in the last quarter of the year, and there's this big push for donors, right? And people want to know, if I gave you money before, what have you done with it? And this is a constant, and your fire hose kind of thing was, a, um, or your big water flood thing was a reminder mm -hmm. of this. We can flood people with information, but it leaves them saying, so what, right? So, or I can say, I don't have any, like, I don't have numbers. I, I don't know, but I, I can tell you a story. So help me, pretend I'm a nonprofit. I'm not a huge university. I'm not that big. We are maybe... A $500,000 budget nonprofit. So we're just out of the small size. How can I tell a story using credible data and information that impels and invites people to not only get behind our work, but to support us financially or through other resources? How do we take data and make it meaningful and interesting? Because I know that you're an artist at heart, right? You already talked about singing stuff and bringing the story forth. So how can we do that, Brandon? Because I think that's a common question. Yeah, yeah. No, so um, you want to do that, you know, by tapping into the listener's um, selfish part of uh, of themselves. Because na by nature, we have this like this this the percentage of us is what's in it for me. And so, um, a lot of times when, when, like, if someone's, they want to know, hey, we gave you money in the past, uh, you know, you've done with that, 
you you accomplished the goals that were outlined in that in that proposal. That's great. Um, you propose that you're going to uh, maybe um, how are you uh, you know at what percentage you're going to increase that that the, the outcomes if we increase our out funds. And so uh, a lot of times you you it is it does take a balance of the quantity you only quantify because people numbers move numbers move the the the, the dollar number <laughs> right and so people are going to be naturally connected to that but i like what you said about the storytelling the 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 success stories right and and and, and that, that quantitative that qualitative piece you know you got you got a mixed methods um presentation where you're giving him the the data and the figures and the graphs on that powerpoint but you're also pairing that with uh with excerpts and and and, and, and quotes of individuals that you that that you help lives that you save um in, uh, participants who who gave their testimonial um showing how you they were able to take care of their families because through the services you provided um, they they were given an opportunity to land their their dream job or stand into their power and become their own um, you know uh, CEO right and so those testimonials or those 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 uh, success stories or the qualitative pieces paired with the percentages that's always going to be a good sandwich now to keep the the the, the attention you you tap into that to the psyche of you know what their mission vision and, and and values are right and if you are you if you're if the look tone and feel mirrors your uh the people the the values and the morals and the and standards that you're trying to win oh win over you're gonna win because now you're speaking their language now you're 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 playing a song that they have on their website right uh Sorry about that. They're, you're you're playing maybe a, a tune that that they use in, on their in one of their uh, uh, that they came out to in one of their keynotes. Oh, why you use that song? I love that song. I know you do. It's called psychology. I know that you like that song. I know that you, you that that's what uh, psychologically that wakes you up and inspires you to listen to what I am trying to tell you. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, and you cared enough to put my music to to structure your keynote or your PowerPoint in a way where you have uh, psychological triggers that make my heart expand and open up to what you have to say. It's almost like if you're on a date and the person on the other side of the table, if you're not saying what they want to hear, their their body language is like this. All of a sudden, you mention you share the same um interest in in a certain movie star or a uh and then next thing you know they're, they're playing with their hair oh oh my gosh what excuse me i love that it, acting <laughs> it's the same thing professionally of course with when we use those um when we tap into the what's in it for them it's always going to be what's in it for the people that they serve and that, they, that they're providing research for. But the decision makers, if you don't tap into what's in it and what uh, what makes them comfortable, that decision is not going to be made. 
right? Right. And so I feel like that is something that we need to keep in mind. And so that's how I would structure a presentation. I would, the look, the tone and feel, the anchored in what their beliefs are. But we have, I have to share that too, because as I come back to the, uh, the opening of our podcast, I used to be a chameleon. That's damaging. I don't, I want to make, I'd rather connect with what, what's at your core so that I'm most authentic instead of trying to t- uh, put on a, a, a face that you need to see so that you can help me. No, no, we want to connect authentically. And then that's what I would put into it paired with the percentages and the, the people stories. So that was a lot. Talking about that. <laughs> well, Brandon, that whole authenticity thing, this is where the, and I mentioned in the intro that the whole thing, we can chase dollars in the wrong place. So that's us. So using that, like, that's me as an organization putting on a face. I don't, I just want your dollars. It's almost a fit with our mission, right? But not quite. So I'm stretching what we do to fit because I need the dollars, right? So now I'm kind of in this one down position. I already know I'm not being honest with you right? But if I've really done my homework, I can walk in and say, here's our proposal. This fits with your mission, right? This is why you will love funding us. This is what we can do. I don't have to hide who we are, right? And I don't have to hide that we don't know everything either. There's no way we can know everything, right? The environment changes. People are people. And if we're working with people, uh, we can't predict them all the time. We can give some best ideas. So mm-hmm. that I think that point about, like you said, like not being a chameleon and not being real, it, it's on us then when we're going for dollars or we're uh, pitching or marketing or sharing our stuff with other people to be real about it, to know who we are a fit for and who we are not a fit for and be brave about it. Because um, yeah. I do know people say, well, I'm going to apply to this funder, but um, I don't think I'm like... I don't know that they'll fund me. And then if you dig into us, what, why? Well, because they really want this. And I'm thinking, then just start building a relationship. Don't ask for money, right? You already know you're not a fit. Don't take their time. But let them know what you're up to. So mm-hmm. it's that whole thing about being real and not being ashamed that you're not, quote, unquote, ready yet for what they need. But other people, you will be a perfect match for. And I love what you said about not being a chameleon around that. I love that, Sarah. That is that. I just lit up because in what you said, I feel that myself and the listeners can can now remember that. Show people who you really are, because if you're not really for them, at least they can could connect you to the people who really need you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And you know how can they how can they fan your flame if they don't even know what your flame is? <laughs> yes, they're like. I don't know what that is, but it's almost like the family members who is like who are like clapping you along, and they didn't even read your bio. <laughs> they just love you because they because they trust you're going in the right direction. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And so, you know, but they're just fanning a they just have blindfolds on family they're playing like go for it. Um, but yeah, I love that you know because when when you Give people what you do, what you stand for. Um, it, it might not be for them, but the way the world works upon recommendation, right? How we're connecting is that you show people who you really are. It might not be what they need, but 
they can they can connect you with yep. people that really need you. And so, um, yeah, and you know that that that's just that's just some great stuff, and I that that really hit hit me. And I and um, it kind of connects to what um the in, in the podcast that you did with Miriam and 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 Ray, uh, I like the the empathy piece, right? So, um, the message. So this was with um, Raymond Kent and Miriam. Miriam Morgan, yeah. Yeah, and they were. T- what What was the topic of their podcast? Do you remember? Yeah, it was aligning your mission with uh, aligning your mission and vision. That was the name of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and and um, having that alignment with yourself, you can see you 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 can go for the grants, you can go for the funders that um that mirror your your why, and that harmony uh, is going to be advantageous for everyone, yourself, the people that you're trying to help. And it just builds that and it grows and that's contagious. And I love that. I love the title and also, um, love that, uh, the message regarding empathy and how art can allow you to see things from different people's perspectives. You know, whether, um, you know, when you, when you, when, when speaking in the like in film, when you play different roles and you play different characters, you're becoming that character and you're saying, wow, this is life for them. I feel like we, we, if we become the people that we're trying to serve, like really, um, you know, think about life from their perspective. You know, what time do they get home? You know, what, what, imagine yourself doing and, and working with only this limited amount of income. And if we start to, you know, cause the mind doesn't know the difference. That's why people cry when they watch movies. <laughs> you're feeling like you're really connected to that person. You're not talking about the guy with the boom mic or somebody about to say cut. No, you're crying because you 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 put yourself. So the mind doesn't know the difference. And when you empathize with the people that you're trying to help, um, I feel like you can you truly connect with them, and um, you're able to you're able to go that extra mile for the people that you want to serve. And so I really connected with with that when um. The way when Miriam said that in that podcast with, with that you have with them, they're great. Yeah, they're a great team, and I also I learn a lot from talking with them. I talked to them a couple of different times, and then um, some of the stuff we couldn't put on the podcast just because they said don't put that out there right now <laughs> because it was so fun. I mean, it was yeah. so fun, but um, it was totally not about what we were ch- chatting about. Much like you and I have been. Um, <laughs> so I want to ask you what is one thing that you would like to leave our listeners with when it comes to really embracing research as a way to um, improve their own lives and the lives of others? Um, I would say do not do not be afraid of contrasting information, you know, Information that may challenge your, um, your norms, your, your, you know, foundational upbringings or beliefs, right? Um, because research can be very revealing to us and it can really put a mirror in front of us. And, um, because some, some, you know, within today's age, we, we kind of gravitate towards the confirmation bias. 
uh, or, um, but, but we really want to keep an open mind, right? We're, we might not agree with everything, but the key is to understand each other, right? So agreement, disagreement is, can be beautiful because it allows us to empathize and really understand someone's perspective. You might not agree because our norms and our upbringing and our perspectives, right? That's what makes us this a beautiful place that we're all different, but that uh, the uh, use research as a as a invitation to empathize with different people groups, uh, right? That have maybe have different values about something, and then just because um, understanding the understanding is much more valuable than the information. Just having information is like having uh, a library and not doing anything with it. So pretty books. Have you read any of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would I would say that like let don't 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 fear research. Don't fear education. And don't fear people who aren't like you. Um, I mean, I really I was recommended to listen to this one guy, and I thought I don't want to listen to him. Really, my husband goes, No, I think you'd like him. I said, I don't want to listen to him. I don't think I, you know. I'm like, I'm pushing back. And so he lets it go for six or eight months. And this guy's on TV and he's actually conducting. He's doing some work. And he goes, hey, what do you think about this? I didn't know who I was watching because I had refused to pay attention before. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know what the setting was. But I loved how he asked questions. Like they were so thoughtful and um, not antagonizing, not leading. But they just got to the heart of the matter. And I said, who is this guy? And I, well, I listened for 10 or 15 minutes, which, you know, and he said, that's the guy I thought you should be listening to. I thought you might enjoy him, right? <laughs> Lesson on me, right? <laughs> and honestly, I have continued to pay attention to him because he always comes at things from, you know, he'll take the thing. He goes, and don't assume everything you know is all there is to know. Ask what else? What don't I know, right? And I love that. So it's like, be open. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Um, just keeping that open mind, right? And, and, you know, when we say, when I say find your flame banners or go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated, um, don't use that as a, as a, as a, as a, um, a reason to go and, and run to a safe haven or under a canopy where you're being, where you're ignoring everyone else. Right. Well, no, I just want to live in my rose tinted lenses and, uh, and oh my gosh, what is that smell? Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to be comfortable. And I sometimes yeah. I think being too comfortable is like a coffin. You know, it's like you can't experience life if you're just always comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I like it's to be comfortable, but honestly, whenever I'm comfortable, I'm thinking something's wrong here. You got to like try something new or stretch a little. A little too comfortable right now. Yeah, you got to, you know, Have it's all about balance. Yeah. A little bit. Hey, so listen, Brandon, it has been really great to talk with you. And where should people find you if they say, I want to, you know, I want to have a conversation with Brandon, either to help me my thinking one-on-one -on -one or for my organization, what's the best way to reach Best way to reach me, just go to LinkedIn, type in Dr. Brandon D. Harris, and send me one of those good old messages. Hey, I heard you on Sarah's podcast, and we were, I really resonated. You know, just, you know, keep it. Reach out. Yeah, just reach out, reach out you know, 
and and we'll just go from there. I'll send you my my Calendly link, and we'll start a chat. Uh, if you are uh, you're the type where we're all talking about research, right? You you like to kind of look at somebody from afar for a while before you send them a message. Go on, type in Brandon D. Harris on YouTube. You can see my personality and all of the the videos and me trying to uh, do some uh, some bad acting skits that are edutainment, right? Or or should uh, should I say uh, infotainment? <laughs> I'll put a uh, link to the YouTube in there too, just so folks can have some fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can definitely find me on that. Thanks so much, uh, Sarah, and, and and I'll be I'll be more than happy to. Uh, to, to set up a chat, you know. Sweet. And you and I will have further conversations, I'm sure. So thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Dr. You're welcome. Brandon D. Harris. You are welcome. My extreme pleasure. Uh, gratitude is my attitude. Thank you so much, Sarah. And thank you all for uh, tuning in today. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.